Hey, Brazilian Dragon Squad. Have you ever wanted to start your own podcast, but you don't know where to look? Anchor is your solution. It's really easy to use, and it's also free, so it's the best of both worlds. You can record the podcast using Anchor's creation tools, or you can upload your audio when you have it all recorded elsewhere, and Anchor will do all the distribution for you. It's really easy, it's really simple, and best of all, it's free. Create your podcast today on anchor.fm. to meet the newest member of the Little family. Attention, everybody. This is Stuart. Hello, everyone. Are you all nuts? He's a mouse. They introduced him into their world. Well, that's just about everybody, except for... Snowbell! Drop him right now! Spitting right out. We do not eat family members. They welcomed him into their lives. Can you pass gravy? He's not big enough to pass gas. And they made him a part of the family. A mouse with a pet cat. (laughs) I am not your pet. I can rub your tummy. How'd you like to rub it from the inside? Oh, dear. But sometimes finding a home... Ah, Stuart! ...is easier... I'm okay, Mom. I'm... (sighs) ...than feeling at home. Something's missing. I feel an empty space inside me and... I just want to know what was there before. Down here. We're looking for Stuart. Where are his parents? Stuart can't leave with you. He's one of the family. There's something you'll never be able to give him. Because you're human. No offense. Columbia Pictures presents a story for anyone who's ever had trouble fitting in. I'm not really sure I want a brother. Well, how about a friend? I guess I can always use a friend. Finding their way, Stuart Little gets scratched tonight. <gasps> you must be Stuart. No, but but I'll get him for you. And standing tall. Remember me? I'm Stuart Little. I'm Stuart Little. From the co-director of The Lion King. Small packages. This is the happiest moment of my life. I feel 10 inches tall. I think I'm gonna cough up a furball. Stuart Little. I know that you and I got off in the wrong pot. What do you say? Wanna be friends? Talk to the butt. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Brazilian Dragon Podcast. And we are off to the Nail Movies once again. First off, let me introduce myself. I am someone who has never slept a single night in a mini golf course. It is me, the Brazilian dragon himself, Felipe, and I am not alone. We can't go to the Naomi movies without this one. To my knowledge, I don't believe she's ever had a little boat race across conservatory water in Central Park, but maybe she has and she can tell us. It is the titular Naomi Calhoun. Hello, let's all go to the lobby. It's time to get ourselves a snack. Uh, it's time for the Naomi movies. Felipe, 
I'm so glad that we are back to talk about another deranged movie from our childhood. <laughs> this movie is uh, unhinged. And let me just start it off by saying, <laughs> Stuart Little is a pretentious little fucker. And I said that shit with my chest. <laughs> oh, but like here's Symphony the thing. Mitchell, I said that shit. <laughs> here's the thing. You would think that Stuart Little would be at the top of my characters I want to drop kick list, but he's not. No. He's like second or third, and we'll get into it in a little bit. Yeah, Listen. this movie's crazy. Um, this this movie is more bonkers than I remember, but Felipe, I don't know if you caught the most insane credit at the start of this movie. Uh, Michael J. Fox? Screenplay by M. Night Shyamalan. I did see that. Oh my God, I completely blanked. What the <laughs> goddamn hell was that? Oh my God. Uh, actually, you know what that- little actually... went to the beach that made people old? He would, he would age at all? <laughs> You would die like in within two minutes. Um, let's see if Emma Shaman has ever talked about writing Stuart Little. Um, okay, yeah, Why this movie is ab- this movie is absolutely fucking bonkers. Go ahead and introduce it. Um, yeah, so we're talking about Stuart Little, nineteen ninety nine, December seventeenth, um, starring Michael J. Fox, Nathan Lane as the voices, plus Jonathan Lipnicki, Hugh Laurie, Gina Davis. What a cast attached to this mess. Uh, directed by Rob uh, Minkoff, I believe. Yes, who was one of the yes. co-directors of uh, The Lion King. In his live action debut, and sir, please, why? Go back to animated. Go back. Uh, and also music by Alan Silvestri. Oh, the score icon. was one of the only good parts of this movie. Oh, I disagree. This score was so phoned in, it's not even funny. Um, like, congrats, Alan Silvestri. You're just riding the waves of your entire fucking filmography and just like copy pasting into this fucking movie. Um, first of all, I just want to say, if anybody wants to feel old, when we were watching this movie, Felipe texted me that he didn't know who Jonathan Lipnicki was, and I, I say felt that offended. You did. You you that? said you 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 didn't know who he was. No, I did not text you that during the movie. Then what did you say? Defend yourself in this. I didn't say that during the movie. I might have said it off air or something or Saturday night when we were talking, but I Yeah, didn't you said you that. don't know who Jonathan Lipnicki is. I'm not and that's super should, familiar that with That makes everybody else feel old. Jonathan Lipnicki is such an iconic child in movies. Um, as we know, he's in like Jerry he Maguire, he's in like Mike. Like he is such an iconic, like cute little kid. You know how like what's he was on Celebrity's what, Worst Curves. I did a deep dive. Oh my, Oh my God, that's not why he's important. You don't remember that girl, um, like Madison, what's her name, who was in like Madison? the two? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one who was in like the, all the movies with The Rock. Yeah. So it was like her. I feel like she had a child actor moment. Jonathan Lipnicki was like such an iconic child actor. Also, wasn't he in, okay, The Little Vampire? That's an iconic he movie. He looks like the kid from um, like the, the Dennis the Menace on the Christmas one. He looks like that kid. Um, I don't think about. he is in Dennis the Menace, but he was on, first of all, the Jeff Foxworthy show, which is hilarious. Um, and let me see. I, I'm trying to think if there's now. He's probably your age. Um, no, he's older than I am. When was he born? Um, 1990. He's four years older than me. Um, but he. So he was so, nine in this movie? He looked five. He did look five. Well, that's the thing. That's why he's iconic. Like, first of all, he's very iconic for Jerry Maguire, but he's known as this really, really cute little kid, very much like Macaulay Culkin, but I would say even more so. He is known as the cute little kid of the 90s. And um, this movie is no exception. 
but what a god-awful performance he delivers in this movie. And I don't think that's his fault. He, they were like, hey, you're really cute and tiny. And he was like, all right, put the camera he on was, me. Let's go. He was the voice of the audience for like 20 minutes. And then I got off the Jonathan Lipnicki train because the only person, the, the hero true. of this movie is Snowbell. Point oh, sorry. Snowbell, Snowbell is my number one character I want to drop kick. What? Fuck Snowbell. First of all, what a stupid name. Who names their cat Snowbell? Name it Snowball. Name it Tinkerbell. Name it something else. Don't name it Snowbell. What the fuck is a Snowbell? Yeah. Um, you, you Get can't, out of here. You can't advertise the fact that you want to dropkick people in the characters in this movie because we do know someone who has dropkicked a rat before. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to the birthday girl herself, Nicole. <laughs> She's probably dropkicked Stuart's mom. Um, in New York City, after all. <laughs> So okay, let's start at the beginning because we okay. Stuart Little, for anyone who doesn't remember, as a concept, like what the fuck was E.B. White on when he wrote this story? Okay, so E.B. White originally wrote this story, um, nineteen forty-five. So Stuart Little was supposed to originally be like a little, like a straight up tiny little person, like like a like a thumbelina, like like tiny tiny tiny, and then people and was described as like the size of a mouse, and then they were like. Maybe just make it a mouse, which I agree with the pivot. Um, but E.B. White only really wrote one of the, the Stuart Little stories. Yes. So actually, um, I did some digging. Stuart Little, because I remember there was a fucking bird in this movie, and there was no bird. So That's, second, that's Stuart Little too, Margot. Yeah, so Stuart Little, the book, is Stuart Little 2 is about the book. Like, this was like kind right. of like loosely based off it. But the real like text by text, like plot, Beats are in store level two. Right. Yeah, I, I can see. Okay, Snowbell is from... Okay, okay. I gotta stop being such a hater. Snowbell is literally from the book. It's still a shitty name, but I'll give well, it... That's got, that's got a very 40s this feel. This movie so should that. have taken place in the 40s because it felt like that besides the remote control boats. Like, everything else felt like it was a 40s movie. Yeah, that that's... I mean, my big issue with this movie is that it feels so weird and so anachronistic in like the worst ways um i hated it um but let's start at the beginning so hugh laurie and gina davis are mr and mrs little and they live in some bougie ass new york city house where it makes it look like it's much more casual and cute than it is that shit would cost like like four million dollars it was literally not even that like a hundred million dollars it was right next to central park like that is prime fucking that is generational wealth yeah, exactly. The Littles are um, clearly they're gentrifiers, but mm-hmm. what I wrote is Hugh Laurie and Gina Davis do make a hot liberal NYC couple. <laughs> um, and so they want to adopt for whatever reason. They have a child. And George, who is Jonathan Lipnicki, is so excited. He's like, I'm getting a little brother. The emotional turmoil that kid must have felt when they brought a fucking mouse to their house well honestly he should be thankful because that mouse is gonna die in like four years <laughs> so so if he doesn't like him it'll he'll be gone okay so there's a great imdb trivia 
uh, in this that says, this film was released in 1999. If fans were to pretend that Stuart was a real mouse and that was living life as it as is with the little family, mice usually have a lifespan of five to seven years. This would have resulted in the little family having to bury Stuart, their second son, around the year 2004 to 2007, given that he was a year old when already adopted. First of all, wild to put that on IMDb. But second of all, true! Like, Stuart was going to die in like four to five years. I can't believe they did So like, if you're Jonathan Nikki, what did I write in my notes? I wrote, um... Oh, where oh, where did it write? Oh, bro, George should be grateful. You're going to be an older sibling and your parents are adopting. That mouse will die in like two years. Like if you're going to be the older sibling and your parents adopt, honestly, that can like fuck with your head. So like just be grateful that the kid's going to die. But then maybe it's even worse because then your parents are going to mourn him and like be all emotionally attached to him and stuff. If we had um, an out of context Twitter account, which we don't, the Naomi, be grateful because the kid's going to die. <laughs> I'm just saying, George, look at the bright side of life. Um, but we're getting far off track. Felipe, tell me how this movie starts. Um, so we get intro credits. Uh, like It's sweeping shots of New York. And then they end up going to the orphanage to adopt with Mrs. Keeper. Um, and they go and sit down to observe which child they're going to pick out, which I don't think is how it works, right? Like They, they don't just observe all the children and just be like, okay, I'm going to pick you to bring home. Um, if it maybe it is and i'm just stupid but that that's some well, stuff up well like i've seen like some stuff online about adopting and like from what i can gather first of all there's like such an extensive background check process but also like i don't think it's like a dog shelter where you can just go yeah. and be like can we get that one and they go yeah, yeah i guess speaking sure, of the background come- process though like this mrs keeper should get fired because there is a cat in the house they clearly did not do a good background check. Yeah, yeah, did not do a good enough background check. You're gonna do for well. Also, that's the little. How dumb are the goddamn littles? I have to say, this movie just made me really mad at how stupid the littles were because you're gonna bring home your new little rat boy son, <laughs> and you're like, "Welcome home, Stuart." Oh yeah, the thing that loves to eat mice. A cat. Should we tell him? No. Like, fuck you. Go fuck yourself in your stupid fucking red and blue aesthetic. Fuck you. Um, I made me so mad, but what I should say is that this is definitely not how adoption works, but also what is wrong with the littles that like this cute little redheaded kid comes up to them and they're like, oh, nice He gives them a quaffle. That shit was a quaffle from Harry Potter. They literally never talk to a single child except Stuart. They never speak to one of the other orphans. You know why? Because if they're in this movie they spoke to the orphans they the audience would be like why the fuck didn't you take one of them home? Because it's insane! I mean, then the Stuart little like a pretentious little fucker that he is starts talking and like mansplaining adoption and like how the process works and then they're like, huh, let me adopt this this child. Like, can we adopt you? Uh, yeah. If your parents I... brought home a mouse instead of your brother from the hospital, how would you feel as a child? Well, I did ask uh, when my brother was brought home when we were returning him. So I probably would have been more excited, I have to imagine, um, than when my brother came back. Uh, but you know what? Honestly, like... I feel like I feel like when you just see how like fragile 
Stuart is. I don't know. Like, this movie is like a weird allegory for like, do you ever read the book My Sister's Keeper? I have not. That's that's a book all about how like uh, one of the siblings is sick, and so all the life runs on the sick sibling. And this is all to say that like I feel like is this John movie Green has. Novel? No, 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 no. This is a very it's it's a different novel, but this is a very dark undertone to the Stuart Little story. Is like your Stuart Little can barely lift a radio controller, and they're like, "Yeah, Stuart, lift this." Like they have no regard for Stuart's health or safety. And honestly, either Stuart's gonna die at the hands of the Littles, or they're just going to like treat him like a baby, and he'll never get to live his little rodent life. And I feel like. What we're seeing is that the, the Littles clearly put him in tons of danger um, and, and he shouldn't be living with them because it's not safe. I mean, uh, we talked about when Snowball, Snowbell goes to eat him, but the next scene, uh, George gets ready for school. He throws his clothes on the ground, Stuart's there, and then he throws his clothes into the chute. Stuart literally is almost killed by a laundry machine, which to be fair, uh, when I was younger, I thought that would be so cool to like ride in the laundry machine as it like. You thought it would go, I, okay, I like the laundry chute idea, but like, the, you Both. wanted to ride in the fucking washing machine? Yeah, it's, it looks fun. As an oh, adult, right. I realize that is not ideal, but yeah. Okay, so here's here's what I have for my notes in the early thing. Hugh, Dor- Hugh, Hugh Laurie and Gina Davis, hot NYC liberal couple, but they also voted for Joe Biden the first time around. AKA in the primaries when you had all those other great options. Um, Bro, if a mouse pulls up on a New Yorker, they stomp on it. Um, (laughs) Okay, they met none of the children. Dude, they adopt him before the credits even roll. These people must be rich as fuck. What kind of a name is Snowbell? Fuck that cat. Dropkick award, easy. (laughs) Is that that, that a new segment every every movie, the dropkick award? (laughs) Yeah, that's what, honestly, it kind of like, here, I'm adding that to tab. me that uh, was tell, like tell us what happens while I add this tab to the thing um so basically they they take Stuart home and they're like oh you have an older brother blah 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 and then George comes home and like looks at him and is like I'll be in my room and like storms away doesn't want to talk to Stuart for Stuart Little and then they're at dinner and George has given Stuart the cold shoulder and as honestly, he I did, as he should, I was team. George I do think this is a good lesson about like accepting the things that are, you know, like I guess you could think about it as like a metaphor for like if your parents brought home a baby, like. But at the same time, like his parents really are are the ones in the wrong here. And not only that, but the littles are like, oh, should we talk to him? Like they don't even they don't even have like a conversation with George where they're like, hey, I know this is really tough, but like we love you and like you're, you know, you're our son and we're very happy to be like they never try to emotionally connect with George until they're like at the fucking toy shop and his yeah. dad's like, hmm, sounds like George is having a hard time. Maybe I should have a chit chat with him. He's the Stuart, the, the fucking rat. little family, fuck, fuck the little family. These people are morons, they and I hate them. They brought home a rat and expected the child to be like, oh, yay, my brother. Like, how? Right. Wow. And then I also wrote, I completely forgot that the cat talks and it's Nathan Lane. I, okay. There's something really important here, which is that Stuart can understand what the cats are saying, but never once does he think to tell the human beings 
hey, I can understand the cats. Because this also opens a huge can of worms, right? If Stuart can talk to animals, but the humans can talk to Stuart, why can't the humans talk to animals? A real Eliza Thornberry situation right now. That's a movie we should talk I, about. I saw, oh, we should. I saw a, um, an Instagram post that was like, you're like, uh, Zodiac signs as cartoon characters and Sagittarius was Donnie. And I was like, mm. <laughs> no, Donnie, Donnie, Donnie's an Aquarius. I, I wanted to be an Angelica. I was like, I'm kind of offended to be a Sag, to be a Donnie, but I get it. You Donnie know, is like... a fucking Aquarius. What the fuck? <laughs> um, but I, this to me was like, it, it just opened such an insane can of worms. And then Felipe, I want to read to you um, from Roger Ebert's review of this movie. <laughs> Please do. Do you want to read that now or at the end? <laughs> I'm going to read this now because I think it's very relevant. Because this movie is kind of a bonkers premise, right? Of course we understand this. So first of all, Roger Ebert just goes in to ream the shit out of the movie Jack Frost. Do you remember that movie where, like, the dad becomes a snowman? Jack Frost. Is it animated? No, it's it's a live-action movie. I forget who plays the dad. But it's oh, like, it's an- God. This, this is giving me memories. Right. So the dad is reincarnated as a snowman. And so he says about this... Um, that was the film in which a family's father dies and is reincarnated as a snowman. Now, that is an amazing thing. If your dad came back as a snowman after being dead for a year, what would you ask him? Perhaps, is there an afterlife? Or what is heaven like? Or why a snowman? But no sooner does the snowman and Jack Frost appear, appear than it is harnessed to a desperately banal plot about snowball fights at a kid's school. Stuart Little is not anywhere near as bad as Jack Frost. It is twice as good, two stars instead of one. But it has the same problem. The fact of its hero upstages anything the plot can possibly come up with. A two-inch talking humanoid mouse upstages roadsters, cats, little brothers, everything. I tried imagining a movie that would deal seriously and curiously with an intelligent and polite child who looked like a mouse. Such a movie would have to be co-directed by Tim Burton and David Lynch. I am reminded of the old man who finds the frog in the road. Kiss me, says the frog, and I will turn into a beautiful princess. The man puts the frog into his pocket. Didn't you hear my offer, asks the frog in a muffled voice. I heard it, says the old man, but frankly, at my age, I'd rather have a talking frog. My guess is that (laughs) the makers of Stuart Little might not understand the point of this story. Absolutely fucking nailing it. I mean, beyond. Yeah, two stars. I gave this movie one and a half stars. No, thank you. Never again will I want to watch this movie. (laughs) You were the one who Um, wanted to. No, I know, because I was like, this movie's insane, and I remember it being insane, and let me watch it, and yes. I'm correct. It's I, I do wish insane. Danya was here, because Danya was our original guest, but she could not make yeah. it to our record time, but she would have had so much fun talking about this deranged movie. Mm. Like, okay. Who, but, like, it's Go also ahead. a deranged concept of a book. Like, the fact that th- there was a reason that it didn't get shopped around until, like, 50 years later. Um, I mean... Movie. And that's the thing is like, is it a good idea for a kids movie? Sure. Like talking mouse, who doesn't love it? Do you think it would have been better if they like leaned into the absurdity, made him a felt puppet? (laughs) Like a straight up, like, like Kermit the Frog style, like puppet. (laughs) Um, I feel like this movie would just be better if it was wholly animated. Like, like that, the, first of all, the creepiness of the CGI on like the cat faces is so bizarre but I think that Stuart, while Stuart looks good, this movie like so clearly suffers from like actors on screen basically like looking at nothing and being like, oh, what a precocious little mouse. And there's nothing, there's nothing there. 
Like, I, I think it's just this movie doesn't work as live action. It's kind of like how the Garfield movies don't work, where you're like, you just know that it's like every actor there is like, what the, or the Chipmunk movies, right? Where it's like, what the fuck is going on here? Oh, that's a good this, one. I want to watch that one. That one and the Chipmunks. The Chipmunk, we'll watch the whole Squeakquel trilogy. The, the squeak, the, 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 I think there's four. Oh, okay. Huh. I, I'm going to, I'm going to say one and then we'll think about the other three. Okay. Um, um but, uh, let me, let me just get the, uh, uh, talking about the family they invite all these people to meet their new child and george rightfully is like what kind of drugs are you people on this is a mouse why are you giving him presents like give me the presents like he can't even yeah, fit on this bike george kind of being a shithead though well, okay, I was team to be george. Fair. george you say that shit okay here's the thing so th- the family comes over also here's Okay, bro, Stuart dies so many times is in my notes because um she almost fucking rinses him in a fucking wash cycle to death and then he and then she they saves him. the human doctor. They don't even call a vet. Yeah, they don't even call a vet. They call a human doctor, which feels suspicious. Um, but then they go shopping and, you know, uh, Hugh Laurie has this... Hugh Laurie actually is great in this movie, like, is very good at being a dad and I wish he was a dad in more movies. Yeah, like, he... I feel like he could have... He he and the wife Gina Davis they sold it for all this absurdity. They did a good job. I, I will say that. Yeah, there. I, I have to say, if if I'm ranking like favorite like mom dad couples in like movies I watched as a kid, not you know what number one is? Margie Do you want to take a guess? No, of course not. Um, number one. Let me guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. Uh, Mufasa and Sarabi. What? Steve Martin and Bonnie Hunt in Cheaper by the Dozen. Oh. Great mom dad duo exceptional mom dad this these guys are a good like good looking couple and Hugh Laurie is giving a great performance and so is Jeannie Davis but like the the problem is that the content is not as good and they're I don't really feel like good parents um but here's what happens they take him shopping and like it's very clear that like they don't really know what to do with him oh we're also missing the part the part where he asks the littles to find his real parents which feels like you know, you couldn't have said something, like, earlier at the orphanage where you were, like, you know, you could have brought that up to them. Also, um, I feel like there has to be, like, some sort of, like, when you adopt a child, they have to, like, give you the family history, what they know, like, in case, like, especially with medical records and stuff like that. The medical records would just say, mouse. Well, we don't know the history of heart disease. She knew no, how well, she. That's yeah. true, although... I mean, the negligence needs to be drop kicked as well. Yeah, that's true. It, well, it's arguable that she knew how they died. I mean, it's all kind of like this orphanage is clearly messy as fuck. And like, first of all, if she says, oh, I'm sorry, those files are like unavailable. And then they're like, oh, actually, they're available. Um, oh, this movie was released two days before my fifth birthday. I see. December 17th, 1999. That's very funny. I don't know why I remember this movie so vividly if I was like only five years old when it came out, but that's strange. To me, this was like a, this was like a mid 2000s movie. I was actually pretty surprised that it was. I remember the second one much more clearly. Like I remember the boat racing scene, but Mm. also, did you ever read Stuart Little the book? Cause I definitely read that when I was in like fifth grade or something. I don't think I ever read Stuart Little. It was like, I remember it was like super folksy and felt like very like it, uh, in terms of EB White projects, uh, Charlotte's Web, far superior. Yeah, obviously, of course. Um, so Stuart Little uh, starts to actually get along with George, and they're gonna race a little boat because together. George says, "Well, so he runs away from the cats 
that yes because uh mortimer what's his name morty morty monty monty the monty the mouth monty, monty. voice by icon steve's on who i yes. i love and adore shout out I, I mossberger yeah we got a mossbacher we got to watch uh, daddy daycare um he's also uh one of the one of the love handle uh musicians in uh Phineas and ferb I I love Steve Zahn. Like, look, you you can never get me to not love Steve Zahn. He is so great. Was he the dad he was in like, uh, uh, Diary of a Wimpy Kid? Oh yes, that's right. Uh, I read that first book. My friend I and I were like, we were in high school, and we we're like, honestly, this kind of is like great. Um, um, no, but uh, he comes in, and they find out that uh, Stort uh, Snowbell is Stort's pet, which. Uh, he gets mocked over and then Stuart runs away into George's room and George is like why are you here but then he's like I don't want a brother I want a friend ah don't we all George George is like this is when I okay, started to stop liking George, George as much <laughs> I wrote in my notes okay George literally never cries which is toxic masculinity like this kid should be crying all the time he right? needs to be a therapy he, his parents brought him a mouse Okay. Oh, and this goes back to, like, I forgot where we jumped off of. Back to the party where the family shows up. First of all, they're like, oh, these are all our beloved family members. And they show these old-timey photos. I thought they were all dead. But no. Hey, they the the I was like, oh, my God. This is so toxic. Why are they I was like, wow, that? lots of littles are dead. Why are they showing this kid in the cause of the movie? This <laughs> fucking mouse. All these dead relatives that he'll never meet. And then one of them turns out to be the principal from uh, Ferris Bueller. But, so... <laughs> So they, they they have this party to welcome Stuart into the family and they buy him all these gifts. First of all, his the parents never say beforehand, like, hey, we adopted a mouse, which you think you would say. Like, if you adopted any child, you'd be like, hey, just so you know, the child is a little different than us, but we love them all the same and, like, just want to warn you ahead of time because you don't know what your family members are going to say, right? They and also you want to get if they want to get you gifts, um, maybe the gifts could be fucking useful, unlike that stupid fucking bike. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, but what I should say is that uh, George, honestly, I feel bad for George because George gets shafted in the present department, right? They're like, George's like, are any presents for me? And they're like, oh, uh, that's so fucking rude. Like when my family came up to my house right my brother and i always got a gift of equal value like and except for like on one of our birthdays right but that was understandable that's your birthday but if my family's gonna come fucking visit me and they're all these fucking rich new yorkers they better bring me a goddamn gift that's fucking rude and george of course should feel spurned by this family because they're so fucking rude to him and probably he didn't get any of the cool stuff they probably got him like socks or something exactly when he was that age also again now that you brought it up, Stuart's going to die in like four years. So mm-hmm. <laughs> really, really bad investments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How much money did that cost? Because like adoption is kind of expensive sometimes. Like, I mean, if it's a mouse, maybe they were like, oh, you, you can have this creepy mouse that lingers around here. How do you think <laughs> yeah, he it's, only, it it's actually like, just like a 10% fee? Like it, it, it's luckily it's cheaper to adopt He probably mouse. was just loitering and they're like, be like, how can we get rid of this mouse? <laughs> Okay, uh, here's another thing I have in my notes. Um, uh, I hate his tiny little mouse teeth. That scene of him brushing his Creepy. teeth. Creepy. Fucking get me out of here. His tiny little fucking rodent teeth. And here's the thing. I think, 
I think most animals are cute, right? Some people hate like birds and shit. I think birds are cute. Some people hate mice. I do think mice are cute to an extent. But like, oh, we can just see his, all his fucking little teeth in his mouth. I just like, ah, I wanted to run away. I was like, ah, I hate this. Um, if you could adopt any animal or your parents could adopt any animal as your sibling, what animal would you pick? Okay, here's the thing. It would have to talk. Like, I don't, <laughs> like, it would have to talk. I think I would adopt, I would go like, full um you remember mvp most valuable primate i get a full monkey and then we'd place <laughs> that's a good together. choice i was thinking along those lines like a, a little elephant something like super cool not like a mouse exactly mouse is like, like I, bottom I, of it the would, like because like, then you could put like a you could put the monkey in like a like a barbie jeep and like yeah. have a drive around and that'd be fun as fuck uh, you could literally have a chimpanzee riding on a segway exactly like uh, that's, get, that's Puyo, you... get Puyo on the line you and him can tear list tuesday this <laughs> Um, um well okay and then this is the other th- note i have alan Silvestri wrote one motif for this movie and called it a day because here's the thing you think the score bumps it doesn't it's the same fucking song over and over and over again but when it it's hits, so it hits. annoying no it's annoying it's like all it, it's just as like pretentious and cutesy as the fucking little family the soaring strings get it out of here it's trash it is like congrats you like go save this for the polar express i don't want to hear it right now it is not good fucking alan silvestri fucking this is a hack job from alan silvestri this movie it's probably like his uh emoji movie for referencing mike white he did it for the union um <laughs> uh, okay we gotta talk about george's bedroom because when when stuart little slips under the door to get into george's bedroom this dude has a mansion for a room he literally Why? lives in the basement How? he lives in the first of all he lives in the basement um you could never catch me living in a basement that shit is creepy you're are, like are you fucking kidding first of all new york city basements are not like like furnished nice basements like they are unless you have generational wealth covers. like the littles yeah unless you're rich as fuck which uh this basement is not clearly nice and furnished this basement is a fucking cement brick house like this that is not a nice basement it's just got some like dangly fairy lights to to make it look like it is George George should be taken away by CPS from the Littles. I mean, they they clearly don't know how to run a family. <laughs> Not run a family. No. Raise a family. <laughs> um, so what do you think about this pivot point? Because you're now you're anti-team George. So they sit it basically Stuart like gets in the car that Jonathan Libnicki has and is like, oh, cool, my car is like this. I can drive this. And then he also sees the boat that they're working on, um, which is named the Wasp. Do they, is the car named Ant-Man? No, the, the joke is that they're white Anglo-Saxon Protestants. <laughs> Wasps. Uh, um, and uh, this, this is like a cute scene, but then he's like, oh, the boat race is in two days. That shit isn't even painted. Like, it would need a full day for the base coat to dry, let alone the details. Like, Jonathan Limnicki, you've been taking for fucking ever on this boat. Get your shit together. Like, you're going to complain about coming in last, but then you're not even going to have a boat ready? Like, you deserve this. You deserve to be bullied by, uh, what's You deserve to be lose. <laughs> Whatever his, that, that kid sucked, though. I was yeah. glad he got the shit beat out of him. <laughs> I don't think he did. He just lost. I, I, and and he got jumped by Jonathan Lebecki. Uh, did he? 
I might have turned Yeah, like right in the middle of it. Jonathan Lindbergh just throws hands. And it was great. <laughs> okay, then I want to see George again because that kid was toxic. <laughs> kid's oh. But yeah, um, so uh, we did skip over something, but I, it's not that important, right? No, no, no. Go for it. Oh, I, I remember. Snowbell goes. This is, this is a movie where like we're just going to bounce around until yeah. we die. Doesn't Snowbell like uh, go hang out with the like cats, uh, the corner cats, the alley cats? Um, oh yes very, like, this is very important plot point yeah so we gotta we gotta we gotta get rid of this mouse somehow and he's like okay but you can't kill the mouse so that's that's set up and we don't really find out their plan unless i tuned out and was like could not right. be to pay attention no we don't find out their I plan watched this but shit on 1x because i'm a i, I was i watched the shit on 1.5 you want to do want to tell the listeners about the the podcast recording drama wait let me explain yes let me explain the 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 mouse heist plot and then i'll explain how we fucked up so uh mon snowbell the cat is using monty and they're meeting with the street cats of 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 central park which is not a thing you don't see cats in central park the way that they seem to be hinting at i mean you see cats i think a lot in brooklyn actually and there's some stray cats around here but like you don't just see like packs of feral cats in the park um but uh the idea is snowbell wants to basically get stewart out of the fucking family because he's embarrassed because he's embarrassed he's embarrassed that he is uh which you know what he sh- he has every right to be embarrassed because what the fuck is the animal hierarchy in this situation? I don't like it, and if I was Snowball, I would be pissed too. So we we cut away from that, and then we find out that'll come back into play later. So here's what happened: I got home from a lovely brunch with Nicole celebrating her birthday. Um, I had a lot of mimosas, and I said I need to sleep this off. So I took a nap at around seven p.m. and set my alarm for eight you got home to finish watching the brunch? movie. At seven? We were, no, I, I went to bed at seven. I got home from brunch at like five. I was chilling in my apartment and then I watched some of the movie and I said, all right, I need to take a nap. I'm going to wake up at eight o'clock, finish this movie at like 1.25. We'll be good to go. And we started to record at like 9.30. Right. Um, I set my alarm for eight. I wake up at 9.30. I call Felipe who doesn't answer. And then I'm like, oh my God, he's mad at me. And then I text him and I texted you and I was like, I'm sorry, I fell asleep. I literally just woke up. Um, let me finish this movie and we can record. I can go late tonight. Um, you say, great. I'm going to go take a nap, <laughs> which in retrospect, I should have said, no, don't do that, <laughs> but it's fine. And then you fell asleep and didn't wake up when I called you. And then I said, that's fine. I deserve that. Let's do this. No, I knew that we said, could do this, this today. Why, this is why we're good friends. <laughs> yeah, this is why we're friends. Cause this is exactly the same thing that would happen to both of us. Um, and so I was like, this is fine. Like, we'll just, we'll just take care of this all tomorrow. But it did make me laugh that like, we both pulled the same shit. And I texted you at like midnight. I was like, LOL, I pulled a Naomi. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is called pulling a Naomi. The yeah. amount of things I've slept through. Um, and, and this is a funny story. So we were doing Survivor New York five a couple weekends ago and I set my alarm for like six in the morning and then I woke up at like 6.15 and I was sharing a bed with the icon, the queen, Liska Savage. And I rolled over. My second alarm goes off at 6.15. I'm like, oh my God, my first alarm didn't even go off. She went, no, it did. You turned it off. (laughs) But I'm so tired and so like. I know exactly how to turn my alarm off that it's like I do it without thinking like it's uncontrollable me turning off my alarm this and that's what happened in this instance the step on my neck group of you me and Jacob get along <laughs> is that a all... thing Jacob does yep 
Oh no. <laughs> when we were in New York, like I woke up and I was like, like he said, oh, I have to wake up at like 10 or something or whatever time he said. He's like, okay, okay. I'll set an alarm. And then I slept through my alarm. I was like, and then like 30 minutes later, I was, I was like, oh, Jacob, I gotta go to work. <laughs> and he's like, I've been up. And I was like, oh, thank you for caring. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, no, apparently like, I'm that person who like, when I need to go to bed, I can't fall asleep. But then waking up is like the worst person, like part of the day. Yeah, I've gotten better at falling asleep lately, but I agree with you. Like, sometimes I can just sleep through my fucking alarm, especially when I don't have anything to wake up for. But actually, I was having a nightmare when I woke up. This is funny. So I I had a nightmare that I was playing a live reality game. And the nightmare was that I showed up with a bunch of my friends and we were all cast to play this game. And I was looking around and I was like, why did I sign up for that? Like, I can remember that in the dream, I'm, I'm, I'm putting on the buff and I'm like, why did I sign up for this? I'm not going to do well in this game. I'm just going to be terrible. And then my brain went, you should wake up now. I think you're having a bad dream and you're napping. And I just like <gasps> woke up and I looked at my phone. I was like, 930. <laughs> it was all it was a sign. It was pretty terrible. It was a sign. It was bad. It was bad. Um, um, how do okay. you think Stuart Little will do in a live reality game? Oh, Stuart Little actually, I think, would make the merge. I do think really? he would because he's, he's so observant. That's true, but like, nah, neither can I. I mean, he'd probably be good at puzzles. Um, but like, if you just held his little mouse body up like, and looked <laughs> at the whole thing. He would be um, a great caller for the puzzle blindfold challenge. No, he wouldn't. Nobody can fucking hear a thing he says. He can't even get the attention of someone while he's drowning. Um, no, th- okay, this movie, like, loves to be like hmm wouldn't it be funny if Stuart Little almost died like 20 times it's fucking crazy um okay and then the funniest part about this movie is that they got like the original cast from multiple sequels I know it's insane okay so we have to talk about the 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 water race because as I said to you this was um, a visceral memory as well for me yes this is the this is a visceral memory Stuart winning the race in the uh, for an upcoming boat race on Conservatory Water in Central Park, which is actually not where I go. I go to the boat, I go to the reservoir a lot. Um, but I also I, this remember is a very... this, I don't know if it was this scene or some boat scene in the rain from the book. I also did remember that. Oh, that, I think that is the book. Um, but this movie, this, this scene is particularly etched into my brain. And I think it, when I think of Central Park in movies, I think of three movies. I said this to you earlier. I think of the producers and I think of Nathan Lane splashing in the fountain. I think of, as you suggested, which is correct, Madagascar. Um, and then I think of, although Madagascar, I think more of in regards to Central, Grand, uh, to Grand Central. Central. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, I think of this movie. I think of this movie in, in terms of Central Park. Um, and then maybe sort of lower tier or like Elf and Night at the Museum, right? But this scene was so visceral to me. And honestly, it's kind of insane. Like, it should be against the rules to have a mouse on your boat. <laughs> it should be against the rules to crush other people's boats. And also, the physics do not work like that. The physics don't work. And also, like, if it's a remote control electronic boat, but it, like, is mostly wooden, like, how does this boat work? How does it move? I, I don't understand it. Like, does it have a propeller or something? Because it looks like just a regular blown-by-wind sailboat. It, it makes no sense. sense. It makes no sense. Movie movie. Um, I mean, how does a mouse live with a family? Like, it makes no sense. Mm-hmm. I love that that's the part that you're trying to assign logic to is the, the boat race, but there's a fucking mouse living with a, a, a family. 
See, but so after the boat race, everybody's excited. George and Stuart are getting along. Um, but realistically, uh, the thing that we need to talk about is that the Stouts Anton Anton's the fucking bully. Bro, Sorry. fuck Anton. But the Stouts show up. These the two Stout, little mice. Camille and Reginald. Also, can we talk about the names? Like, this is definitely a 40s book. Uh, Frederick, Eleanor, George, Anton, like, uh, Camille, Reginald, like, all these old waspy names. Mm-hmm. Stuart. Um, yes. Have you ever met a Stuart? Have I ever met a Stuart? Not really. Have you ever been a steward on Survivor? No, there's definitely never been. Stuart? What Sounds like a Stu? name that would be on like a, an Australian I mean, Survivor. the most famous Stu is Stu, Stu Pickles and Stu Griffin. This is, this is true. Happy, happy Rosh Hashanah, everyone. Yes, um, happy Rosh Hashanah, Naomi. Thank you for spending the, the Jewish New Year with me. Uh, well, everybody else in my life is gone, so at least I could do. Um, <laughs> um, no, I, I, okay. So the Stouts show up. Mrs. Stout, thick as fuck. <laughs> with this bougie ass Fake outfit. or thick? Thick. Um, with this bougie ass outfit. Um, is that uh, real fur, Mrs. Stout? Who knows? I did think that she was like a very voluptuous mouse. Um, and basically, uh, the Stouts claim to be Stuart's parents. Uh, and this is... Okay, this is insane on its own. But what's more insane is that the Littles just go like... Okay. Well, I guess we gotta hand him over. Like the little bit racist he, as fuck. First of all, legally he's theirs. Like when this adoption happens and you adopt someone, you can't just come back and be like, "So he's our child now." Um, like that's not how it fucking works. Um, so it's insane to me that that's like they're willing to give him up. What did you think of the Stouts? I thought Camille was an icon, like absolute legend. She might get my MVP point to be decided. Um, uh, yeah, she she comes in with a look. Reginald was kind of fake as fuck. I didn't fuck with Reginald, but yeah. Uh, I had all the same thoughts as you. Like, how can you just hand him over? You sign paperwork. Um, and I also thought like there was a lot of like, discuss- like I thought a lot about This Is Us during this movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, the, I was, like i was gonna say you know who these people are actually kind of like who um they're like uh matilda's parents and matilda oh i also got matilda vibes and like obviously annie as well um mm. it's a hard knock life for us it's a hard knock all right i just assaulted the eardrums of the listeners with that clap <laughs> and i assaulted them with my singing it's great um <laughs> so Okay, insane that they hand him over to these this couple. And like just when he and George were getting along, but also I have to say that like the something that I hate. Yes. Something I hate about movies that I and I wish movies would fix in general is when it feels like time is passing within like days. Like we no, go. No, this from, is your biggest complaint with us uh, stuck in the suburbs. Correct. Like, it feels like we just go from, like, day one to day two to day three to day four, like, and and so much is happening with so little character development that it just feels like George is pivoting on a whim to being in to being friends with Stuart, right? Like, what if a week passed, right? Just give me a little montage. A week has passed. Oh, it's autumn and now it's winter. Like, just give me a little bit of, like, because it would be so much more emotionally heartbreaking if, like, 
Stuart Little was pulled from this family like after a month, right? It's insane to me that movies, especially kids movies, love to do this thing where they just like zip through the days and zip through what's happening. And to me, it feels like a movie feels much more successful when you give it time to breathe and you give it a, a few more days, especially because I think you could do like they did that whole toothbrush brushing fucking uh, montage, which they didn't need to do. They could have just done something else like the family interacting and going out and it would have been much more impactful, you know? Yeah, take Stuart like to brunch. Take Stuart to a nice Manhattan brunch. Tell him what, put him, give him some locks and cream cheese on a tiny little bagel, and he'll have a great time. Please, they're wasps. <laughs> even, even, even wasps like locks on bagels. Um, okay, so they give, they basically go, okay, Stuart, bye bye. Um, and they give him the car, and then they, they drive away. They drop kick him the out car. of their house. <laughs> how, do, how do they get around without the car? That's my other question. How well, do they the hail stouts- a taxi first? They're trying to, but like, no, one where, did over. They, where did they commute from? Did they take the subway? Like, how did they get there? They couldn't even swipe in if they wanted to use the subway. I guess they would just walk under the thing. Yeah. <laughs> they only try to send logic. You know, paying for the subway. Why do they even need to like sit in the taxi? They could just like jump on the car. Yeah, just hop in while somebody else hails a cab. Um, but, you know, basically they take him back to this weird golf course, which does not exist in real life. That was the strangest thing to me is like, they're like, oh, yeah, we live in a little putt-putt place. Bro, where can you go putt-putt in New York City? You fucking can't. I'll tell you that. I also wrote in my notes, this little ass car, his fake parents show up and should be run over instantly on the Brooklyn Bridge. <laughs> right. They had the whole Brooklyn Bridge. Itself. I had never seen a bridge without any cars. Yeah, especially the Brooklyn Bridge. The Brooklyn Bridge is crowded as fuck. And it seems like they went over the, the footpath, but even then, like, people are on that footpath at all goddamn times of the day. Um, I'm looking at mini golf in... Uh, also, that was such a bad spot for mini golf. You know how many mini golf balls will go into the river? Right. Okay. There's a mini golf in Williamsburg, but it doesn't really look like an actual mini golf place. And then there's some mini golf places Indoor mini um, golf. On, on the west side of Manhattan, but that wouldn't have the view um, over, you know, over the, the city that, they, that, that Stuart has from his little tower now. Um, yeah. Anyways, uh, bullshit doesn't exist. What the fuck kind of golf course is this? Um, okay. So then we find out that uh, this was all a ruse because well, Mrs. Keeper comes over. Yes. Tell, tell us about this, Felipe. So, Mrs. Keeper struts into their house. Is like, yeah, I need to, I forgot to tell you one very important detail about Stuart. Um, his parents, they went shopping for some canned Chef Boyardee or whatever, and they fell and the can murdered them. They're like, uh, <laughs> you're funny. No, Stuart just left with his family. And she's like, uh, what family? Like, and that's when the pieces start puzzling together, which how many talking mice are there? Because before the, the, we were introduced to the mice parents, I was like, which freaky scientist thought it was a good idea to impregnate a mouse? Like, how does this manage this? Like, I was coming up with theories. Uh, why did, the... I hate this movie. <laughs> 
What are your theories? <laughs> that a, a creepy mouse scientist thought it would be funny to <laughs> film sex. Um, I really feel like I really feel like I don't understand how this movie is like. Let's be a kids movie. What should we say? Oh yeah, that Stuart's parents got crushed by a can of soup. Because again, you're just introducing. I mean, they said step on my neck. <laughs> They said, they said, crush my neck with a can of creamed mushroom soup. I mean, they really said, like, this is a kid's movie. What would give kids nightmares? Hmm. The idea of a mouse being crushed by a can of soup? Nah, let's put that in. Like, holy fucking shit, that's fucked up. And I remember that, too. I remember very viscerally that Stuart's parents died because they got squished by a soup can. And where was Stuart in all this? At home? Like, where are they leaving the baby just loose? Where, you know, like, and, and where Stuart do they find siblings? the orphan? Where do they find, maybe, maybe they, maybe their mom ate them and just left one. <laughs> but like, I was not expecting that. What? Uh, but no, but like, you know what I mean? Like, there's, this is insane that he ended up at an orphanage. I swear to if, God, he was loitering. He was loitering. They they were like, we can't kick him out. You I know was who needs to be running that orphanage? Nicole Horn. She would punt that rat out of that orphanage. I feel like it needs to be like an August Rush situation, <laughs> much more so than whatever is going on with Stuart Little. Um, it, it's just too much to me. Um, yeah. But then we find out that it's all a ruse because talk about what Snowbell did. So Snowbell, this sneaky little basket, this little, this little basket, bastard, blah, 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 words. Snowball, this sneaky little bastard. What does he do? He has set it up so that the Stouts would pose as Stuart's parents, which we know now that they're fakes. Um, and so what happens? Uh, it turns out the jig is up and uh, this, because the littles know that the stouts are fakes. They're going to go look for Stuart. So they call Snowbell the cops brings... on a mouse. They call the cops on a mouse. I mean, which ACAB, honestly, waste the... Like, yeah, w- waste the police, waste the police's time, ACAB. But, um, dude, I called 311 about a noise complaint once and the cops were less helpful than this. Fuck the police. Um, say but... that louder. Say that louder. <laughs> Fuck the police. Um, basically, like, Snowball's like, well, what do we do? And the cats are like, let's kill him insane insane move but okay they didn't say that because they could never with the children listening they said let's scratch him um (laughs) but they're all but then they talk about eating him like all the time yeah also can i just say snowball had one of my favorite lines in the movie where sewer little was like can i rub his belly rub your belly and he's like from the inside (laughs) oh yeah that was gross snowball savage um but look let's talk about it the stouts uh mrs stout basically says get the fuck out of here like i'm sorry we did this to you get the fuck out um and then uh this dad stout like won't kind of own up to it but then finally with his wife's pressure is like you gotta run Stuart. you gotta run Ugh. what a, and he what just a speeds this. off in his car that you know reginald was upset about because he and that car had bonded um, right. So Snowbell goes and uh, he talks to Smokey 
And they're like, okay, let's kill him. And they all go to Central Park and Stuart gets confronted by the cats. And they chase him through the sewer drain. He outruns them. He loses the car and his luggage. And then he eventually gets to the tree. Um, so, oh, no, he gets, he gets home, right? And then he's like, yeah, oh, you're, yeah you're skipping over this part. Okay, here's my note first. Stuart Little trying to find the little house without knowing where it is is me coming home from a drunk night out. He could like, there's this whole thing about like, oh, the, the littles can always find the little house. It's like, yeah, you just get to one side of Central Park and you'll find it. But also Stuart Little shows up after the littles have begun their search party. Oh my God, missed connection. I actually think this was the best sort of like movie plot moment where it's like, yeah. you know, Snowbell is lying to Stuart and, and it's all kind of fucked up. But uh, basically Stuart thinks that he's not wanted. And of course they've cut him out of the family photo. Um, and so he says, you know what, I'm leaving. And then the murderous cats chased after him into the Central Park. They, they speed after him. And also like Snowbell's logic of like, oh, they cut you out of the photo. Um, but not the entire body, just the head. <laughs> like the headshot. Yeah, just, just the like, head. But yeah, so he goes back out and they climb the tree and Snowbell's like, nah, I have a change of heart. And uh, he helps Stuart um, escape from the Yeah, this is, this is a good, you know, good heel turn for, for Snowball. Snowbell, but like at the same time, like they really this I, I get it. We love Nathan Lane, but like it's such an unlikable character, and like it's not even it's just so weird. I don't know. It's just such a it's weird, very choice. uncanny valley. Also with the cat, like you can't yeah, get any all emotion the mouths out of it. Moving, yeah, all of the mouths moving are so weird. Um, I, it's just it's not good. It's really creepy stuff. Yeah. And also, one of my um, biggest issues with the movie is that, like, the whole emotional journey is, like, Stuart realizing that families cannot, they don't have to be blood relatives. Like, that's, like, the whole, like, touchstone of the emotional journey. There was no, like, hero's journey. It was just, like, a lot of vignettes. And then there's, like, they could have, this movie could have been half the link. It could have been, like, oh, they adopt Stuart. And then Stuart, like, uh, finds his family. Like, this did not need to be 90 minutes of torture. Well, and that's the other thing is, like, when you're making a movie, right, you have an inciting incident and then you have that inciting incident affects how the story is going to resolve itself. Yeah. And this movie has no insight. If, if you're going to say the inciting incident is Stuart being adopted, then it should be a George movie. But yes. it's not. It's the Stuart movie. They, so then if they made George the main character it would have been a, such a better movie. Right. So then then the inside it's not about anything cuz Stuart Little is also a perfect character. There are no flaws for Stuart Little to improve upon to become Please, you know, he's a pretentious a fucker. No, I know, but I'm saying that like Stuart Little is smart, he's happy-go-lucky, and the only thing that you could say is maybe like he's needs to fill the hole in his heart that like his empty the space. Boy, Right, but then that just comes from being a part of the family, which honestly, the the journey is just that the the littles get better at being parents because they honestly suck ass in the beginning of being parents. Sort of George, poor George. Yeah, poor poor George. Like I have a lot of pity for this character because it's not a good movie, and Jonathan Lubnicki is like actually pretty old during this movie. Yeah, he's, he's like probably, nine. like eight. He, well, he, he was probably like seven, eight when they shot it. Yeah. And like, yeah. he has just nothing to do except either be sulky or really happy. Um, and his parents, um, sorry, his parents like just, just 
don't give him any dose of reality whatsoever. Like when he goes missing, they don't even say like, yeah, there's a chance Stuart might not come back. It's just like so creepy. I don't know. I hate these parents. Retweet. But you also said you love them. Well, I love them as like a couple, but I don't love them as parents. Like they should just never have had children, you know? It should have been like Gone Girl. Oh, I would have loved, I would love to see Gone Girl with these two. <laughs> um, and I also wrote, this cat is basically abusing an orphan. <laughs> That's the other thing. This cat is like mentally abusing an orphan. True, you make points. I did say at the beginning, Snowball was the hero of the story, but like, it's very much Sharpay vibes, right? Like, Stuart came and yeah. up Snowball's life. Snowball was just minding his own business. Um, right. So that's why I kind of felt that, like, it's going to be hard for me to pick an MVP from this movie. Like, I want to dropkick so many of these characters. Um, um, yeah. And in the end, Stuart makes it back to the house with the help of Snowbell, which is nice. And then everybody's so excited. Little hey, little ho, little hi, yeah. little love Snowbell girl. won't get any yeah. of the credit, even if Stuart says so. He won't get any credit. Right, and and Snowbell has no respect from the family because nobody knows that he can talk and understands English, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then the movie's kind of over, like, just like that. Yeah, I don't really remember how it ends. It literally ends with, like, Jonathan Lipnicki drawing the curtain and then just, like, the end scrolling across the screen. Like, that oh, was yeah, a terrible yeah. ending. This movie sucks. Like, there this was, movie there was some bloopers, is... right, or... Like at the end, not bloopers. Uh, like uh, yeah, but like yeah, the same way that like uh, what's his name does um bloopers. Like Pixar does bloopers where it's like no, clearly Pixar, they, they no, 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 no. They didn't do that. They like just like showed like extra footage of like the family bonding or whatever. Yeah, whatever. It's all Pixar terrible. bloopers are funny. Please, mm, it's all bad. Um, <laughs> like I just well, actually, Pixar bloopers are funny when when when. Look, I love the Toy Story 2 bloopers, some of my favorite Pixar content. Um, but th- look, this movie is not good. Felipe, how would you fix this movie? <laughs> Throw it, uh, <laughs> bin it. <laughs> Don't even start. Um, no, actually, I want to actually take a question uh, because Angel Cardamone asked, uh, how would you feel about the Stuart Little reboot and how would you f- go about making it? And to that, I say, if they did like shorts, like Stuart Little, the adventures of Stuart Little and his family, like like 10 minute episodes on Netflix for like eight episodes a season. I feel like that works. Cause I think the vignettes part of it, like the, the boat race um, and then like these small little adventures of the family and like, maybe you can have like a little lesson there. But I don't think this can sustain a movie. Yeah, uh, my, friend, my friend Kelsey, um, uh, you probably couldn't see this cause she's on private. Shout out to Kelsey. Um, how those parents walked into an orphanage full of children and said, yeah, we'll take the mouse, something I always think about. They really said, fuck these kids. <laughs> and that's the thing is like, you you need to make it a story where they don't adopt Stuart from an orphanage, first of all, because that makes them look heartless. You need to make it where like Stuart ends up on their doorstep somehow, like Harry Potter, right? Oh, look, a, a little mouse is on our doorstep. He's part of the family now. And then I agree with you, Felipe, it needs to be vignettes and it needs to be like... Um, somebody small accomplishing something big because that's what Stuart little kind of is about at the end of the day is it's it's both about acceptance and like being accepted into a family but it's more so about being little and overcoming because that's what they're trying to do with the George story right they're trying to say like oh George is little but he defeats his bully by jumping him which is hilarious (laughs) but 
they don't really nail that storytelling element. Um, and I think this movie would have been much better if George, rather than Stuart getting lost, if George and Stuart team up to do something and accomplish something, this movie would be good. Um, yeah. But but it's not like that. And that's what I think is an important part of screenwriting is thinking about like, what is, if you have a character who's little, so clearly it's going to be about overcoming the odds and, and you know, doing something big. And like, it's so stupid to me that they would blow it that way. They done messed up. Um, that they was the only question up. I pulled. I think, actually, no, John John had a question. Let me go find that one. Uh, do you have it on you? No, I didn't see it. Let me find it real quick. Um, why is Johnny Bananas in my Brazilian Dragon Twitter feed? Fuck that noise. Uh, oh, <laughs> John John says, do you think that you the cat should be punished for making Stuart run away? Yes, I think that if Stuart, well, Stuart's not a snitch, clearly, but he should be. And because Stuart should basically say, like, hey, um, by the way, your cat tried to kill me. Because if you're Stuart, you're never going to sleep comfortably in that house again. That yeah. cat could turn on you on any moment. You could wake so up very in his belly. Clearly, you need to tell them, you need to tell them that cat needs to be sent to the fucking pound. Get him what? out of here. No, no. They just may have to make boundaries in the house. I say, I say, kill him. <laughs> Do you want me to cut that out? No, it's fine. Um, no, I'm just, I'm just saying that. I'm like, a tough I person really that think... you, you advocate for cat murder. Oh, just wait until you hear the episode of Rewind with me and Chappelle. <laughs> People are not going to be happy with Chappelle. Um, no, I think that like at the end of the day, this movie is just so strange and and is not good at building this world. And um, if you're going to make a talking animal movie, like you really have to think something that's actually interesting is so there's the Tom and Jerry movie that came out and my boyfriend was watching it. And uh, that movie actually made the interesting choice to not have Tom and Jerry talk at all, much like they don't do in the cartoons. But because they were interacting with people in real life, it meant that you didn't have to establish that any animals talked at all. And I actually think that's a good idea is like when you're building this world, if Stuart Little can talk to people. Why can Stuart Little talk to people, but Snowball can't talk to people, but he can talk to, you know what I mean? Like it's, there's yeah. all these weird questions that arise from the core concept of Stuart Little that I feel like this movie just really doesn't yeah. work and well with. Like, obviously we're not the audience, but I feel like there was like some missing, like there was no charm and whimsy to Stuart Little in terms of like the characters, like a lot of the characters were dry and like didn't have a lot of like character development. Like Camille well, and George were the only interesting characters. To me. Well, like, I think, first of, like, of all, it's very telling. Dynamic. Yeah, it's very telling that what you remember is Stuart Little too. And honestly, I remember Stuart Little too a lot better. Like the villain, the big hawk bird, and then Margolo, the tiny little bird. Like those are much more visceral character memories to me because I think they're interesting characters. But also that Stuart Little, when I think of Stuart Little, it's a movie I remember watching, right? I remember the set piece of the boat and nothing else because none other no other parts of this movie are whimsical or exciting and actually there's a really good letterbox review that sort of said like this movie walked so paddington could run and it's a great it, it is a great point that like paddington it does so paddington everything could run, could run and then paddington yes. Could fly. yes <laughs> this movie does everything that paddington does but paddington does it way better because Paddington is like a good story where it understands its core audience and it understands 
what the story of Paddington actually should be. And like this movie whiffs it on all accounts. Did you see the the stat that uh, Paddington Two is a better movie than Citizen Kane officially? Like uh, beat the record. And I'm sh- and it's correct. It's correct. Shout out to Frank Hernandez, uh, my Paddington Two. Stand. And shout down to Citizen Kane. I'm tired of watching you in film school. Oh, um, uh, we watched um the uh, Phineas and Ferb episode, The Lake Nose Monster, and there were so many Citizen Kane references in that. Like they called the boat Nosebud. There were snow globes everywhere. Yeah. Shout out to the What You Doing podcast. Uh, um, anyways, okay. Should so, we get into our activities or do we have any more? Yeah, let's, let's, let's get into this. Okay. So I have changed the categories. Instead of MVP and LVP, it is now the MVP and the Dropkick Award. Um, but let's, let's, do we want to do scores or do we want to do characters first? Um, let's, do, let's do scores. Okay. So you, I believe you said a 1.5 earlier. Yeah, that's what I gave it on Letterboxd, and I stand by that. Okay, so you give it a 1.5 out of 5 or out of 10? Um, out of 10. Okay, so we, so do we have to change it if it's out of 5 on our system? Oh, actually, oh, if, if, did we do out of 5 before? Yeah, let's just say yeah. 1.5 out of 5. I don't care. Okay. I don't care. I hate this movie. I'm giving... Oh, see, I gave the Pink Panther a 1. I think this... The, I would rather rewatch the Pink Panther. I, you know what? I agree with you. I would rather watch the Pink Panther than this movie. So I'm going to give this a 0. 0.5. Okay. Like, I don't think it's like deserving of a 0. 0.25 or a zero. Cause like I did watch it all and I made it through it. Wait, yeah. So what did I give the Pink Panther? I don't remember. Ah, whatever. I didn't write it down I, at the time. Both, look, let's just, just for the record, this movie sucks more than the Pink Panther. Okay. So we can always rearrange the scores once you have that. Um, yep. But yeah. So uh, with, your 1.5 and my uh i i will have to do it so you know what actually take take it down to a one i'm gonna go change okay. it right now on letterbox this movie sucks it's a one so uh that is a 0.75 average i believe so look <laughs> at us that is that is the average for this movie who would have thought who would have thought not me um and then do you want to do uh i'll go first with my mvp and then you can go next and then you can go first with all the right take award the MVP, I think, uh, at least George made me feel something. George and Camille, you know what? Fuck it. It's, I'm going to give it to Camille because she, she went through more character depth in three minutes of screen time than anyone else did in this movie. So Camille gets my MVP. Who, oh, how Interesting. About you, I was between George and Camille at the end of the day. And Camille is Mrs. Stout, right? Yes. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> Mrs. Stout, MVP of this movie. She is the one with the conscience. She's crying over what she's doing to this poor boy. It's a great, it's a great voice performance, first of all. Um, and that yeah. is a voice performance by uh, icon it's Mrs. Jennifer Potato Tilly. Head, right? No, not not Mrs. Potato. It's Head. the same voice, right? Come here, Jennifer Tilly. No, it's not her. It is Jennifer Tilly, but Jennifer, is Jennifer Tilly the Where do I know her from? Is she Celia? Mrs. In Monsters Inc.? She's in something Disney that I know her from. All right, hang on, hang on. Let me find. She is Celia. Okay. It's not Mrs. Tilly. Celia in what? Monsters Inc. Oh, good. Oh, oh. That makes a lot. I knew it was a Pixar movie. Um, yes. Uh, look, she's. She is a great character. It's a great part of, like, it is a really good sort of story beat, although it's a little, you know, insane and kind of out of out there. 
but um, she definitely is, is the most interesting character in this whole movie. Agreed. Um, now, for your Dropkick Award, Naomi, I will go to you first. Dropkick is Nobel, fuck Snowbell. Um, you suck. See, I'm going to give it to Stuart because fuck <laughs> this pretentious little fucker. Um, I mean, that's fine, but Stuart doesn't get, Stuart like doesn't complain. He just kind of goes along with whatever so happens, annoying. you know? Snowbell had this mouse uproot his whole life. I say justice for Snowbell. Nah, fuck Snowbell. If, if you're, okay, everybody who's listening should tweet at us if they are Team Snowbell or Team Stuart. Team George. Or, well, everybody's Team George in this movie because George is getting the raw end of the deal. But if you prefer Stuart or Snowbell, you gotta let us know. Uh, we love that. Anyways, uh, Naomi, do we have anything else to do or should we announce what we're doing next week? Or next uh, time? Let's, announce, let's announce what we're doing next week. Okay, it is my AKA pick. next whenever we record. Yes, um, I believe I have a guest booked, Jacob Redman, the third member of Step on Our, Min- Our Neck. Um, is, that, is that our friend group? Is that our squad? The Step That's on the Neck squad. squad. Um, I didn't run this by him, but I'm picking the B movie. The B movie. Oh my dear lord! I've never seen it. I I know it. It's I gave him multiple options. He said no. I'm okay with like some of these, and then I just went rogue in the middle of the podcast. So, <laughs> well, okay. Here's the thing. The B movie is so wild. Um, I only know it from its Tumblr memes, you know, icon legend status. I've never seen it. Um, but I would love to watch it. I am so excited. Literally, it is about a woman who divorces her or separates herself from her man for a freaking B. She commits adultery for a B. She said, step on my neck. So sometimes you be horny. <laughs> no, it's a stinger, please. It's not a horn. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, Naomi, do you want to do some plug a Um, I don't know when either one is going to come, come out. But I will be on um, the RHAP Rewind with Chappelle and Mr. Rob Sestrino. Very excited. My icon, talking my ab- Talking about uh, Stan Lee's Who Wants to Be a Superhero. That show is hilarious if you need something to watch. It's only six episodes long. It's so good. Is you got to watch it. Genius? No. Uh, watch <laughs> The Genius. But you can also, I'm going to record in a couple weeks with Shit 90 Show Taught Me, which I'm super excited. And uh, I think we're going to talk about Jumanji or Flubber. Not, well, Flubber died, so it's going to be Jumanji or Mrs. Doubtfire, but it's fine. I, I, I'm team Flubber for life. Flubber um, Hive, move out. Flubber Hive, move out. And then um, additionally, um, you can listen to Mike White Was Robbed or you can watch Survivor New York because uh, that's what matters to me. So check out Survivor New York on YouTube. The whole season is out there. Um, it's been a great ride, and we just shot season five. And it, uh, trust me, it does not stop. The hits keep coming, and they don't stop coming. Yes. Um, and then also, do you have a pop culture plug? Like something that people should check out that isn't your content? Um, I would say my pop culture plug of the week. Oh, okay. This is what I want people to DM me about. The show Glow Up on Netflix. It is my 
favorite stupid reality TV show. Uh, and every time it comes out, I get giddy. Nobody else cares about it but me. It is a British reality show where a bunch of amateur makeup artists are basically put to some grueling tests. And it is so funny because they're like, MUAs, you only have 10 minutes left for your makeup looks. And like, it's so fucking funny. Um, and it's produced some of the most horrendous makeup looks of all time, but it's also really good. And if you like makeup like me, it, it really sort of uh, makes you like want to like shake the screen in anger. But then also some looks they turn are stunning and it's so much fun. So I really recommend that you watch Glow Up on Netflix and then DM me about it. Love that. Also, uh, I believe this is going to be the last podcast we ever recorded with Claire in the Big Brother house. So I just want to get your thoughts. <laughs> How are you holding up? It's fine. Um, we did have to reschedule uh, her friend Sarah. We were going to do the Survivor New York finale, or her finale podcast on Thursday, and then we rescheduled it to Tuesday because they're like, uh, it's probably going to be a little bit hard to do it on that day. Yeah. Um, I'm very sad, but. Um, and I think Claire knows this and Michaela, who I met, who runs Claire's Twitter account is super nice. Um, they understand what's going on here and they understand the importance of the cookout. And um, I'm sure that Claire will come out the other side of fan favorite. And everybody's talking about, you know, Claire for America's favorite player. Guys, don't do that. It's DX or it's Hannah or it's Tiffany. We are not it about, it, Claire will be fine without the 25K. It's DX, it's Hannah, or it's Tiffany. It's Tiffany unless she wins. Tiffany unless she wins, and then DX, and then Hannah. Like, that's, <laughs> Shout that's to my girl Alyssa. <laughs> Shout out to Alyssa. Sorry, I do Alyssa. Love Alyssa. You're not getting my vote. But look, don't give Claire America's favorite player. She's awesome, and she will be just fine without, uh, without the 25K. She's a fucking engineer. And maybe she'll get the CL award because she is vegan. Okay. Yes. Um, uh, should we get the CS setting the house on fire award? Um, I do want to say, I do stand Aza and a bother queen. Like, I love, I, love I have to say, I do love, I, I love delusional Aza. You know what I mean? Like Aza being like, oh, why won't they throw me an HOH competition? <laughs> what? Okay, go off, queen. <laughs> we love, we love an unbothered queen. Um, so anyways, in terms of my plugs, uh, we could, you could check me out on the mm -hmm. Shit 90 Shows Taught Me episode talking about Boy Meets World. I watched my first ever episode of Boy Meets World, to which Naomi dragged me about. Um, yeah, dude. Like, this, these are the things, Felipe, that, you know, I, I know everyone feels a little self-conscious about, you know, being perceived as young compared to other people or maybe being perceived as old. But that's shit. You say shit like that. And it's like, Felipe, what are you a fucking, what were you born in fucking 2002? Like, oh, my God. Nah, I, I got, there were much better things going on on the Disney Channel. And also, I will say, Corey was mad possessive over Topanga. And that shit, he, we need to start having the discussion that Corey Matthews is problematic. There, I said it. Mmm, interesting. Now, and I have to agree with that. On, on the shit 90 shows. I have to agree with that because I, I don't really remember that show fondly. To me, it's a show that existed that I watched and like has some iconic moments, but I wouldn't consider it fond television to me. Yeah. But I will yeah. say that I do think it is Great podcast, um, a very, it, it's a very necessary um, television show, I think, to rewatch because at the end of the day, it's very influential, I think, on all sort of Disney Channel television. Um, and yeah, and you, 
I cannot wait to listen to that once yes. I finally have some time in my life. And then additionally, uh, well, we didn't do a Brazilian Dragon Scooby Snacks this week, um, but we will be coming back for more in the future. Um, uh, I, I am a producer of Ink In There, so check out that podcast. Uh, oh, you're a producer. Yeah. Uh, because I know that. I, like I just send that like Jacob said do you want to be her producer because like you've come up with like a lot of segments already and like good questions I'm like sure like because I, I it's just it's just a little extra something fun to do and I can put it on my resume and then there is oh, other things sure. that I am not supposed to talk about yet but stay tuned to my Twitter what the fleep um for information end of September I think I can talk about what's going on uh with that stuff and then um yeah next time we'll be here with the B movie and and chuffed to bits um and my pop culture plug um hmm. sex in a kiwi I, I enjoyed that podcast episode shout out to kirsten mckinnis naomi got a shout out um i'm upset they didn't take any of my suggestions uh, uh but i got a shout out do i have yeah. to listen now yeah, you got oh, a shout out and i won't tell you what it is but i i am upset they didn't do addition subtraction multiplication and division but they did that on Avatar. That's upsetting because Kirsten told me. I texted Kirsten when we were talking and she said it was mm-hmm. going to be on the list. But. And also uh, adenine, guanine, cytosine, and whatever the T is. <laughs> those, are, those are my favorite suggestions. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it's a great episode and I highly encourage all listeners. Naomi, do we have a hashtag for this episode of the podcast? Um, the hashtag of this episode is hashtag dropkickstuart. <laughs> yes. Um, or hashtag oh. dropkick Nobel, depending on your preference. Pause. Also, what you doing, Pod? We back season two, baby. Oh Have yeah. You listened to the to the um the brand steel yet? No, uh, as you know, Felipe, I have a job and I'm very busy. Yeah. But uh, Peter I the Panda robbed. Peter the Panda robbed. Stacy robbed. Uh, Survivor, the Platypus as robbed. Yeah, Survivor never wants to see an Asian queen survive, but it's fine. Yeah. Um. Hopefully that changes uh yes. it was 41 uh with all that said and done we'll be back next time uh hashtag dropkick stewart bye bye Come and get into my life. Baby, show me one plus one is two. Show me all the things that you can do. Show me that you need me. Show me that you love me. Baby, show me one plus one is two. Baby, show me one plus one is two. Show me all the things that you can do. Show me that you breathe me. Show me that you hug me. Baby, show me one plus one is two. Baby, show me one.